Good morning. My voice sounds a little different this morning. I'm not feeling, not feeling 100, but I'm pressing on because I believe somebody needs me to press on. I'm pressing on for you today. Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for each and every body that you brought into this place today and for each and every one that's listening online, Lord God. I just, I ask you, God, to stir a passion in this body today. Stir a passion in us to walk better, to live better, to love better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, here's a crazy quote right, right off the bat from Charles Spurgeon, so you know this guy is wild. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Goodbye. Have a great day. God bless you. See you next week. Every Christian, every believer is either a missionary or an imposter. I've heard it say, we're either missionaries or we're the mission field. So let's get busy. You ready? This past week, it's been an exhausting week. I bought my wife a Fitbit just because she deserves good gifts and so I bought her a Fitbit, and, and, and so I set it up for her. My Fitbit crew is here. I see most of you here. Good. We'll talk about you later. And so I set it up for her, and, and, and you know, because I was setting it up for her, I figured, ah, I'll put it on my phone too. I set up the app, you know. And then something crazy happened. We started walking and checking. And walking and checking. And, and everywhere we walked... We checked, and, and, and we were walking and checking, and, 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 and the more, you know, the, the, the thing about the app, the more um, it, it starts sending you updates, and, and so the more updates it sent you, you were like, whoa, and, and it, would, it would say, Michelle is ahead of you, whoa, get off the sofa, and, and, and you, had to, you had to, you know, step, 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 stop stepping, start stepping, right, you're in place, you gotta start stepping, and then it would tell you, Mark snuck past Melissa, and it would tell, whoa, and, and, and you know, it made you check it more and more, I'll tell you, my, 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 my job has a, a company shuttle that takes us from the two offices that, you know, me and Bert walk in, work in, and I said, I'm not taking the shuttle anymore, I'm walking, Park Avenue, First Avenue, Park Avenue, First Avenue, and walking, watch, checking, my, walking and checking, walking and checking, you know, it, it was always, I, I didn't, you didn't get a drink of water, you didn't go to the bathroom, because, without your phone, because you wanted every step to matter. My wife and I started chasing each other around the house, and it wasn't to catch each other, it was just to beat Gina's steps. Day one, Gina hit 20,000 over 20K, and it was 11.30 at night, there was 30 minutes left in the challenge, I'm on the treadmill trying to catch Gina. But probably why I'm sick right now, because just exhausted all week. 
There was a night we were, we were doing good. I was in the lead. Michelle was right under me. We were like beating everybody. Awesome. We sat down on the couch and then all of a sudden we get, yo, Melinda squashed her goal and now she's in the lead. And we're like, what are we doing sitting on the sofa? Go. I get the computer. You get the Zumba CD. I'll meet you downstairs by the treadmill. And, and boom, we're downstairs. This was all week, all week. And the way the app is designed is so smart because every time somebody syncs their devices, it reports their miles and it says something encouraging. It says, you know, it, it, unlike Facebook, this is what's really cool. You know, it, it'll tell you, oh, Melissa is so close to her goal. Oh, it's so hard to tell between, even if you're last place, it would say, oh, man, she, uh, Melissa's almost there. Even if you're the bottom two, it'll say, oh, you guys are so close that it, you can't even tell who's in the lead. It just says encouraging things. And unlike Facebook, the, the only thing that you can click on is cheer. Smart. This is smart. So even if it says, uh, Gina just destroyed your goal and she's way up ahead and you're six people down, and all you can do is click, amen, Gina, knock it out, cheer. Go for it. Cheer them on. Go ahead. Thank you for embarrassing me. It only lets you encourage. And so my, my obsession with this thing got this week got me thinking. Because it's been reflections, right? We've been talking about reflections this, this whole month. We just want to be reflecting on, on our walk with God. And it got me thinking, what if we as the church would come around each other and realize that we're one team? What if we learn to love each other in such a way that we would actually be concerned with each other's steps? What if, what if I tracked my brother's steps all week, not to be in his business, not to judge him, not to criticize him, but to encourage him, to make sure he's moving forward, to make sure that he's taking the steps he needs to take. What if here in the church we formed these smaller teams? What if each of us had a team that cheered us on? What a revelation. What if each of us had a team that, listen, we're in the middle of a series for these couple of weeks leading up to Easter, and it's, it's a season traditionally known as Lent, and it's, it's just a series of reflections. It's about, you know, reflecting and thinking about our walk with God before we, we come into Resurrection Sunday and celebrate, amen? You think it's a coincidence that we're in this season of reflection and I end up downloading an app that more than any other week had me overly concerned and consistently attentive to a group of people's steps. Attentive to every step they take. See, the app sets a daily challenge for you, 10,000 steps it sets. By itself. You can change that if you want to punk out and say, you know, you know. But it sets it at 10K right off the top. And so you realize very quickly that every step, you know, even now as I'm preaching, every step, oh no, the phone got to be on my pocket. Man, it's all good. Steps matter. It, every step, if you realize really quickly, every step matters. You could fall short of your goal by just missing a couple of steps. And there were a couple of nights this past week where we were encouraging each other. People were so close, they were at like at 9,400. And we're like, don't stop now. 
Run around the sofa. Come on, get up, get up. You're so close. Take a couple more steps. Go to the bathroom. Come back. Dance during every commercial. That's a great tip, right? I make that up. You want to sit on the sofa? Good. Every commercial comes on. Dance to the music. Man, I should write a book about that. That's good. That's a good one. Take a couple more steps. Family, listen. I hear too many people that just stop just short of their goal. You with me? Something hard happens, a tragedy, and they just stop so short, just step short of their breakthrough. On the flip side, I, I've also seen too many people who aren't concerned with their steps at all. And they, they think their steps don't matter at all, and they go too far, and they miss the mark. And they end up in places they should never be in. Anybody been there? And then there's people that I was thinking about that don't have anybody to encourage them. They didn't have anybody to warn them. And, and many even that used to be here with us, and if you look around, they're no longer here. They're no longer walking with God. Because they didn't have a, a team to encourage them. They didn't have somebody to check on their steps. They didn't have to, somebody to say, you can do it. Don't stop yet. And so what I want to share in this message this morning, what I really want to get through is that every step matters. Amen? What you do, what you don't do, where you go, where you don't go. And young people, listen to me. Every step has with it the opportunity to bring you closer or take you farther from what God has for you. But, no amount of steps, listen, no number of steps can separate you from the call and the love of God. Amen? I want to talk to you this morning. It's really hot in here. We turn off some heats. I want to talk to, or maybe that's just me, I'm sorry. I want to talk to you this morning about the prophet Jonah. Before we crack that text, let me, um, let me remove from it the thinking that some people think that this is some fictional children's story that you might have heard in Sunday school. Jonah and the whale. Let me let you know right off the bat, this is not a veggie tale cartoon. First of all, Jonah was a real biblical character. We know that because we read about him in other places in the Bible. You can find talk of, mention of him in 2 Kings 14.25. So he's not a fictional character. The second thing that kind of lends to, to this not being a, a fictional story is that Jesus mentions Jonah and his story in Matthew 12 and in Luke 11. Which doesn't seem probable that Jesus would refer to a fictional story as truth. Okay? So this is not a veggie tale. So let's jump in. Jonah chapter 1. Say, say we're ready. Jonah chapter 1. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So God is saying to the prophet Jonah, Arise, go to Nineveh, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Now, understand... Uh, 
When it says that great city, Nineveh was one of the biggest cities of that time. And Nineveh was a very, very wicked place. Most of the historical stories that you find about the people of Nineveh, they, they were, they're known for some pretty vile stuff. They're, they're known for, for attacking people and, and skinning them. That was one of the biggest things that you read in history about them. They would skin people. So imagine that kind of situation. So arise, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So right off the bat, we know a couple of things. Number one, Jonah was a believer. Amen? And number two, Jonah heard from God. So Jonah was a believer, and Jonah heard from God. That's a great place to start because many of us can start right there. Amen? We have a lot of things in common right now with Jonah. He's a believer and he heard from God. In case you, you, you didn't know, every, that's good, Bobby. In case you didn't know, every time you hear from the Word of God, every time you read the Word of God, you're hearing from God. Amen? So it doesn't mean, you know, you don't have to, your windows to shake in your room and you have to hear, arise, uh, Fernando, and go to Nineveh. When you hear from the Word of God, when you hear the Word of God, you're hearing from God. Amen? So we're like a lot like Jonah. Many of us are at the same starting point. Okay, verse 3. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of God. So, so God speaks to him. He says, arise and go east. It says, Jonah rose and went as far Kanye West as he can possibly go. <laughs> far, totally. It says he flew to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So Jonah hears from God. He knows what God wants him to do, and he knows where God wants him to go, but Jonah runs the other way. It's interesting here to know why many scholars believe he did this. He tells us later in Jonah 4 why, what he's feeling, but why did he go so far? The, uh, the, the belief of a lot of scholars is that it was a Jewish tradition or belief that God only spoke to Israel. God only spoke to his people. And so God could only speak amongst his people. So he figured if he went far, far away from his people, from Israel, from you know, where they are, if he went far, far away, he could not hear the voice of God. He figured if he got out of range, he would not get the signal. But how many of you know God got more bars in more places than AT&T, Verizon, and... He thought if he went out of range, God's signal would drop. Like many people today, here's where we step on some toes, when they don't like what God has said to them in the Word, or they don't want to hear what God is saying to them, or they know what they're doing, they shouldn't be doing. And so what they think is if they stay out of church, talking to some of you that may be watching online, I, I don't know. If they stay out of church or if they leave the church, They'll escape what God is calling them to do. Anybody know anybody like that? Anybody been anybody like that? You're going through a funk and you, so you say, I'll stay away from church for a season. Because I know already what I'm doing is not what God wants me to do. So I'm going to stay away from church. Maybe God won't know. Every step has with it the opportunity to bring you closer or take you further 
from what God has for you, but no number of steps can separate you from the call and the love of God. Amen? So, okay, he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship that was going to Tarshish. And so he paid the fare, the word, the word says, and he went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of God. Sometimes we still do exactly the same thing. Notice here the word says he paid the fare. Church, whenever you run away from God, whether you're running from church or, or from a calling or from a commitment or, or from something God has told you to do in the word, it will cost you something. Thank you. When you go your way, you pay the fare. When you're running from God, every step matters. It costs you something. It'll cost you relationships. It'll cost you marriages. It'll cost you children, families. So he pays the fare. He boards the ship to flee from Tarshish away from the presence of God. So he thinks. Verse 4. But the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea and there was... Can you just picture God just like hadouken in the ship? <laughs> if you're not a video game person, you don't understand that. But so I got enough laugh. It was good. So, so, but the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. I'm going to say break up. This ship was going to get broke up. It was a storm. This wasn't like, you know, just dramamine stuff. This was a storm. Like, ah! Titanic type stuff, you know? So the ship threatened to break up. And it says, and the mariners were afraid and each cried out, just like that, cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship to lighten the boat, right? To, to try to sail through this thing. But, but Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and he had lain down and was fast asleep. And so the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise and pray, call out to your God. Perhaps your God will give a thought to us and we will not perish. Let's reflect on that for a moment because there's some hard truths here. I want to show you how Jonah's steps matter. Jonah is running from God. He gets on this ship and we read that God sends a storm. The storm was so bad that all of these men's lives were at risk. The, the ship was at risk of being destroyed. These men who had no relationship with the God of Israel, the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, the one true God that can speak to the storm because he created the sea, they don't know this God and so they try everything in their ability they use the skills as sailors and that doesn't work and they start calling out on all kinds of gods. It's obvious that these people were from all different places gathered there to be on this ship, to, to man this ship because they all have all different kinds of backgrounds and so they have all different kinds of false gods. And so everybody's like, you call your God, I'll call my God, you call your God and your God, hopefully somebody's going to come through. Hopefully somebody's God is paying attention. Isn't it sad how the world sees things? Hopefully somebody's God is awake at this hour. 
So they're trying everything they can to make sense of this storm. And the one man who knew the one true God, he was asleep in the inner part of the ship. This, is, this picture is such a, a hard picture of the church. We're living in such hard, ugly times. Can, can we say amen? I can't even watch the news, man. There's so many bad. It's so bad. Right? There's so many storms that are all around us. And we have the knowledge of the one true God while so many of us are trying everything they can. They're praying to statues. They're praying to spirits. They're consulting dead saints. They're consulting mediums and making shows out of them. And they're, they're talking to the sun and to the moon and to the trees and they're praying to themselves and they're making gods of one another. And the church is inside the hidden part of the sheep of the ship, counting sheep. We have the truth, and we're hiding, cuddling, in little buildings, hiding from the world. You can understand now why Spurgeon would say, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. You have the truth. Either we're reaching people or we're stowed away in the ships as they go through the storms. Family, I want you to get this. Your steps matter. When we don't watch the way we walk, we put others in danger. We bring destruction to their families and to marriages and to children. Amen? So they bring them upstairs. They say, get up, arise, sleeper. You come pray to your God and maybe he'll listen to us. And they bring them upstairs and they decide to cast lots. They said, this is somebody's fault. They have it in their heads. Somebody, we're getting punished now for somebody on this ship. This is somebody. Can you imagine if the church would stop when bad things happen and said, this is somebody's fault in here right now. And we're not going to leave here until we figure it out. One of you is in sin and we're going to find out. So that we can get healthy again. So that we can get whole again. Ay, ay, ay. So it says they ended up drawing lots. Because that was the thing they did back there. And so they gave everybody. And so, but is it coincidence? Jonah gets the short stick. Coincidence or another miracle of God? And so they, he gets, he draws the lot. And so they tell him, all right, Jonah, who are you, bro? Where are you from? And where do you come from? They demand to know. Verse 9, he says to them, I, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, who made the sea and the dry land. Listen, sometimes even in our rebellion, we can testify that God is the one true God. Sometimes even in our rebellion... Sometimes even when we're not walking right. Sometimes even when we're not where we should be, God will bring, bring a situation where we have to testify. Nah, man. Nah, man. I know the one true God. <laughs> I hear that. Somebody, somebody here been there. You know. You know. You're someplace you're not supposed to be, and, and God will still bring it out of you. And You, have, you got no choice. You got to listen. I, I know. I know this God of... I know the true God. And so they ask him, so, yo, what are we going to do with you, man? You're the one that's running from God. You're the one that knows the, the, the one true God. And, and what are we going to do with you? And so Jonah, Jonah surrenders, man. He said, listen, throw me into the sea and the storm will calm down. That's pretty bold, right? 
Imagine having just the confidence to know this entire ship is, imagine carnival is going down. This whole carnival ship is shaking, it's rocking, everybody's flipping out. And, and you have the confidence to know it's me. It's because I'm running from God that you're all suffering. And you say, just throw me into the sea and everything will be fine for you. But now he's told them that he serves the God of, of the heaven and earth. So now they're scared to throw him in the sea. So they're like, all right, no. And they try to roll and they try to do other things, but it's just getting worse and worse. They say, yo, listen, I'm sorry, man. And they pray and they throw him. <laughs> it, it just gets to the point where you're like, listen, well, I'm not going to die. You know, nobody, <laughs> nobody told you to get up on this ship with me. <laughs> I ain't going down for you enough. God forgive us. Don't hold it against us. And they throw him into the water. And as soon as Jonah was off the boat, the sea was calm. Oh, picture that scene. Picture the scene. Everything is shaking. Everything is broken. It's broken glass. There's, there's everything. Everything's, everybody's holding on. Everybody's green because I would be so sick. You know, forget. I get sick if the boat, you know, rocks twice. I cannot imagine being in a storm like this. Every, imagine soon as Jonah hits the water, the sea. Side note, if the sea is raging in your life right now, maybe there's a Jonah on your boat. It might be time to identify everybody that's rolling with you. It might be time to ask your people, who are you, bro? And where are you from? And what are you doing? And why are you running from God? Listen, listen. And if it's no one else on the boat, maybe you're the Jonah. Maybe you need to declare who you are and why you're running from God and, and surrender. Somebody say amen. amen. A lot of times in... in, in I do this too. We think if we don't follow God in this situation, if we're disobedient in this little area, it's not going to hurt anybody else. Every step matters. Every step matters. We need to stop our selfishness. Amen? So they throw him in the sea. The sea is calm. The immediate end of the storm proved that Jonah's God was for real and that Jonah's resistance to that God was the real problem. As soon as Jonah stopped running from God and surrendered, those that surrounded him were safe. And now they had an experience with the power of God that they had to deal with. And it says that they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows. Some of us are those Jonas. We're running from God and we're refusing to surrender and we're affecting those around us. Side note, if you keep running and the storm keeps chasing you, accept that God loves you too much to let you go. And He's not going to let you be comfortable where you are that he doesn't want you to be. Don't, don't see God, why are you harassing me? Why you know God, why are you loving me so much? God, why do you love me so much? Why do you care? 
Some of us are like the sailors on that ship. You might not have had an encounter with God where, where he spoke to you or he sent you anywhere. But because every step matters, you ended up someplace where you saw the power of God through somebody else. And now you can't deny his power. I, come on, this is good. And so now you have to make a choice as well. And you say, but God didn't call me, but God didn't speak to me, but, but he put you in a place because every step matters. You ended up in a place where you saw the power of the living God and now you can't deny his power. And so now you are forced to make a decision. Here's where the story gets even more interesting. Some people can read this text and they don't have a problem with the miracle of God speaking to somebody and sending them. They don't have a problem with God miraculously sending a storm to chase a ship. They don't have a problem with the storm immediately and miraculously stopping to Jonah's, reacting to Jonah's surrender. But this next part bugs everybody out and they're like, oh, that can't be true. Verse 17. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And that's where people say, oh, that's it. I can't believe this is a fairy tale. Forget about all the miracles that led to this, but this part, oh, that can't happen. I was reflecting on this and... and, and, and you can't help but to think, if God can create the heavens and the earth, if God can create the seas and cause the winds to move at his will, surely God can fashion and appoint a fish to be exactly at the right place at the right time to swallow Jonah whole and hold him. I read this and it blew my mind because I never saw it that way, this way. The fish swallowed up Jonah not to devour him, but to protect him. To protect him. He would have died in the middle of the sea by himself. No food. Definitely those guys were gone, right? The ship was like, we're going this way. <laughs> we out. We done. We good. Everybody's alive. We done. We're not letting this dude back on. So to protect him, God fashions a fish to swallow him whole and to hold him. Say, say he's a good, good father. Sometimes we find ourselves in the stinkiest of places. We find ourselves in the darkest of places and everything around us is dead. Picture being in the belly of a fish. Everything around us is dead. Everything stinks. Everything is dark. Anybody ever been there? Even when you know why you ended up in this mess or you know the part you played to get there sometimes, we can throw our hands up at God and shout, Why, God, why am I here? Why are you holding me? And if we f reflect and think about where we, just, we, where we were just before we could find the love of God in the belly of the fish and hear God today saying, I didn't bring you here to destroy you. I brought you here to save you. Can somebody receive that today? I didn't bring you here 
to destroy you. I didn't bring you here today to offend you. I didn't bring you here today to embarrass you. I brought you here today to save you. And so Jonah, in the belly of this fish, he says a prayer. And it's a beautiful prayer. It's actually a 60-second prayer. Sometimes you don't have time for long prayers. Sometimes you don't have time to get fancy. Sometimes you don't have time to, to try to make it sound pretty. You got 60 seconds to say a prayer before you, you're done, right? We don't, we don't know. Some people think he might have died in the fish, and, and, and it was, it's like a picture of Jesus three days in the grave. And it, it, it's beautiful. There's a lot we can do with this, but we're not going to go there. You check it out. Jonah prayed to the Lord, Jonah chapter 2 from the belly of the fish and he says I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me all your waves and your billows passed over me and then I said I am driven away from your sight yet I shall again look upon your holy temple and the waters closed in over me to take over my life and the deep surrounded me and the weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains and I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever but you brought up my life from the pit oh Lord my God when my life was fainting away I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you watch this Verse 10, and the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah up upon the dry land. That's the only time the word vomited is used in the Bible where it's really cool. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah up on the dry land. Some people say the, 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 in those three days that the fish had tried. This is not in the word, and so it's kind of, you know, speculation, and we can see, but, but we can tell by where he appeared that the, in, in those three days, the, the, the fish took him closer to Nineveh. <laughs> the fish traveled in the direction that he should have been going that whole time. And so when he spit him up on dry land, he was closer to where he should have been when he started. Amen. Watch this. The, the other awesome thing about the Fitbit app, I know I'm flipping, is that no matter how many steps you took or didn't take, in the midnight hour it resets. Nobody goes into tomorrow ahead or behind. Oh, come on, receive that today. Each day you get a new start, you get a new challenge, you get a new goal to reach, you get another chance to make your steps matter. The Lord spoke to the fish, vomited Jonah on the dry land, Jonah chapter 3, and then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. And so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Worship team, come on up. 
<laughs> How many ever got a reset from God like that? Wow. Church, there's more to this story, and you can, you can read it for yourselves, but I, I, I hope I've driven the point across that every step matters. The steps you're taking going forward today will determine the goals you reach, and they'll determine the very course of your life, and, and they'll have an effect on those around you. Can we be mindful that our steps matter not only to us, but to those around us? They'll have an effect. So I want to ask you two things today. First, whoever you are and wherever you are today, I'd like to call you to reflection. Can we just bow our heads for a moment? Don't cry. God is good. Number one, church, if you're running from God, stop. If you're causing storms for those around you, surrender. And if you're a witness, a sailor in the storm, and you've seen the power of God, submit. Stop, surrender, submit. Those are the steps that matter. If you need to respond to that, I'm just going to invite you to come forward. I don't, it, you don't have to tell us who you are. You don't have to tell us what you've done or which of those categories you fit in. But listen, we've all been in every one of them probably. And this is, this is we, we, we have to declare it every week and we have to keep declaring it. This is going to be a judgment-free zone. We need to be those that encourage one another and, and, and to, to take steps to move forward. If you need to come forward today, come forward. Just come down and pray with us and, 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 and stand with us and let us, let us pray with you and believe with you together. And the second thing that I'm going to ask you to do is I haven't figured this out yet. I don't know how we could do this, but let's, can we start forming little groups? Can we surround ourselves with a couple of people? And I mean, do this fresh, not the people that are already around you all the time, because that, that, gets, that gets common and that gets familiar. Do this fresh. Connect with a couple of people and, and, and make sure that that, that you can have somebody to connect with. And, and this is going to be, I know this is pushing some of you way out of your comfort zone. But think about it. Maybe it's not even for you. Maybe it's for that other person. Sometimes if we think of it that way, it helps us to, to be bold. If it's for me, we don't want to do it. But if it's for somebody else, you know. Let's connect with somebody. Check, check an email. And, and listen, singles, just don't get crazy. Don't start getting girls' emails. That's not what this is about. This works better, as a matter of fact, if, if it's women and, and men so that that other issue doesn't come into play. Amen? I just want to pray with you, my sister. No, no, no. Go pray with one of the men. Leave me alone. God's working on me. I ain't ready for you yet. You ain't ready for me. And can we, 
kind of find, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we could do this, and, and it'll be a slow process maybe. But let's start to develop some small teams. And I'm not saying you got to go hang out. You got to be friends, or you got to be, but, but some small teams that will watch each other's steps. I want to be able to, I got my Fitbit crew. We, we got 10, and I think we got another 10 that just joined this weekend, so we got to not worry about these, how we're going to manage, because the groups only let you go 10. But let's form these little groups where we can watch each other's steps, where we can encourage each other and make sure that we're moving forward. It's not about counting. It's not about losing weight. It's not about getting in shape. It's about, it's about kind of just making sure that we're walking with God. Amen? It's about making sure that, hey, man, I, I saw you missed the Sunday. Is everything good? Is everything all right? Do you need something? Hey, man, I haven't seen you there in two weeks. Are you going someplace else? That's okay, too. But I want to make sure that you're connecting with God. Amen? How you doing? How's the kids doing? How's that job doing? How, did you get a job? You're still looking for a job. I heard. Are you? Is, did you get that apartment? How, how's that going? I know this sounds radical, but could that be the church? Could that actually be the church? That one body, the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, when the church was first formed, this, this is too radical, I know. But when the church was first brought together, people sold everything they had so that they can share with each other. We said, wait a minute, you don't have a plancha? I got two planchas. Now you got a plancha, I got a plancha. You don't even iron clothes, but it's good that we both have. Right? You got a broom, I got a broom, I got two brooms, I'll give you a broom. Amen, you know, your kid don't have a coat, my kid has two coats. Here's a coat. I got three sneakers, I'll give you a pair of sneakers. That was Book of Acts, that's church. It said everybody sold what they had so that everybody could have. My God, imagine if the world would see that with the church. If the world would see us loving each other like that. Instead of walking out of here and talking, did you see what homegirl had on today to church? Did you see what that brother was? Do you know that this whole community watches us? They watch us how wreck how reckless we come out on a Wednesday night. While they're sleeping. They watch us. They watch us in the summer. The young people, they watch our young people in the park playing ball. And they're watching, are you dropping F-bombs just like my kid is dropping F-bombs? Or is your kid different? Young people, they're watching you. The world is watching us. We could be in the same place. God calls us to be in the world, but not of the world, but we're in the world. God said, I don't call them out of the world, leave them in the world, but, 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 I, but, but let them have my anointing, let them have my power, that I would be in you, that you would be in them, that, that people would know that I am in you and you are in them. Wow, this sounds like brand new stuff to me. I, I don't know why. We've been pastoring this church 11 years. This sounds brand new to me. Maybe it's time to do it fresh. Amen? Come on, let's stand. Let's pray. Thank you for your word, God, that pushes us, that 
comforts us, that consoles us, that convicts us, God. Father, we ask you right now, Lord, that if there's anyone here that needs to stop, that needs to surrender, and that needs to submit, that we would do it before we leave this building. that we would lose ourselves in worship for the next couple of moments, God, that we would connect with you somehow. It's crazy, but we could, we could be here in, in, in the same place with the, with, in the same place where some people are feeling the presence of God and some people don't feel nothing. Ask yourself why. 